Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production. Where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look ahead to the final two rounds of 2021 Africa Cup of Nations qualifying, as the remaining places will be decided in the space of just over a week. Well, fans are expectant in the Comoros and in the Gambia, with both countries in with a chance of a first ever Nations Cup qualification. Hoops are very high under the Belgian tactician Thompson Fit. Since its arrival,、um, the Scorpions have been very competitive. That's coming shortly, and lots too on the English Premier League as Nigeria's Kelechi Iheanacho is banging in the goals for Leicester. First, before we get on to the Nations Cup qualifiers, the CAF Champions League is shaping up and looking very interesting. And after four rounds of group games, three clubs have qualified for the quarterfinals already. There's Esperance of Tunisia, Widad Casablanca of Morocco, and Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa, who beat Congolese giants TP Mazembe home and away. And amazingly, Ida, TP Mazembe are bottom of their group. Right, Steve. Well, I don't really know what's going on with the DRC-based club. It's pretty shocking, really, because they haven't won a single game in the group, and most recently lost again to the Sundowns. This time away, you know, helping the Sundowns complete a rare double over them. Actually, Steve Mamelodi Sundowns became the first club to beat Mazembe home and away on the continent. In the same season, in 33 years, I mean, the last team that did beat Mazembe home and away was Angola's Petro Atletico, and that was way back in 1988. You know, so it would also be very interesting, actually, to see who the Sundowns will eventually be drawn against in the quarters. Look, I know it's still some way to go, but. You know what a cracker it would be if they get Pizzo Mosimene's Al Ali. That would be something. But look, other interesting ties saw Esperance break Zamalek hearts in Cairo, Steve, of all places, to qualify, as you said there. And the thing about it is, Zamalek are third in the group on just two points. You know, honestly, by now their chances of advancing are close to nil. And of course, that controversial Al Merik versus Simba game, you know, where the Sudanese club reported close to ten cases of coronavirus, you know, allegedly fielded two ineligible players, with Simba now taking them to CAF. And now, Steve, the Merik coach is claiming sabotage on the part of Simba. So you know, it's just another day in African football, Steve. <laughs> Yes, and it's the third time in this season's Champions League that Simba's opponents have accused them of producing fake COVID results. Although Simba have always denied that. Right then to the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, as we're set for a thrilling few days in African football, as the final two rounds of 2021 Nations Cup qualifying take place in the final week of this month. Well, the qualifiers started a year and a half ago. They were delayed by the pandemic, and the finals were moved to 2022. And after all of the waiting and anticipation, everything will be decided in the space of just over a week, starting from next Tuesday. Already qualified are the hosts: Cameroon, Mali, Algeria, Senegal, and Tunisia. Close to qualifying are Guinea, Burkina Faso, Uganda, Ghana, South Africa, Morocco, Egypt, Zimbabwe, Congo Brazzaville, Equatorial. 
Equatorial Guinea, Nigeria, Benin and the Comoros, who are set for a first qualification if things go their way. And also expectations are high in the Gambia of a first-ever qualification. They're top of Group A with seven points, the same as Gabon, and a point ahead of the DRC. The Scorpions will host Angola and then play away to DR Congo. Lamine Sane is a fan and coach of Gambian second division side Falcons. He told us about the mood in the Gambia. It is my pleasure to speak to Planet Sport Football Africa. It's going to be a tough match. Gambia is playing uh, Angola at home, whilst Gabon is playing DRC in Franceville. With a win for Gambia at home and a win for Gabon at home, meaning both nations are through to the next AFCON. But um, there is so much to play for us. Angola is out of the running, but they will play for pride. And Angola is a very good side. Um, this is the first time since association football have been known, Gambia topped the group from my day one up to my day five. So the hopes are very high under the Belgian tactician Thompson Fate. Since his arrival, um, the Scorpions have been very competitive with a group of players of vast experience and young players have been given their debut. And the Football Federation through the Ministry of Youth Sports have been giving the Scorpions all the necessary support. And as far as um, the technicalities of our preparation of the Scorpions is concerned, Thompson Fate, over the years um, everything is going well and Everything is doing well. The team manager, Osman Drame, the, the federation on Elizabeth Kababajo, they are all doing a fantastic job. And the sports ministry, the government, for the fans, um, everybody is very excited and looking forward to secure qualification for the first time since association football, Gambia joined association football. The hoops are high. We are crossing our fingers. Despite we are the underdogs, Gambia is ready to make history, inshallah. That's Lamine Sane in Banjul. Uh, well, Ida, that will be quite something if the Gambia make it to enter Comoros too. Definitely, Steve. You can even hear the excitement in Lamin's voice, you know. And yeah, it would be an amazing achievement for them. And you know, there is lots to be said about what a maiden participation, and especially at such a big tournament, can do for a country's football, you know, especially if they are actually able to build on such momentum. And look, the Gambia, I think, sounded out early intention when they beat Angola, and convincingly so, might I add, Steve. That was in their qualifier, you know, all the way back in 2019. Gambia won that one 3-1, Steve, and they had to come from behind to win what was their first ever away tie in a Nations Cup qualifying event. And, you know, it could be for a number of reasons, you know, this marked improvement. I mean, they've had the same coach for going on three years now, so maybe that has given the team time to gel. We know, and especially in the African context, that that's not really something that is too common nowadays. You know, a coach fails and is immediately out, you know. And we also know that the Current coach relies heavily on foreign-based players. But look, it's just as you've put it, Steve. They are currently top of the group, yes, but it's by the smallest of margins, meaning that it's still all to play for. So ideally, you know, they would hope for two wins out of two in their remaining fixtures, but... Would also hope, you know, for DRC to probably slip up to secure qualification for them to the Afghan. 
As for Comoros, well, um, the more or less, they more or less have the same record as Egypt, you know, with only gold difference separating the two. And their group does seem a bit more straightforward, you know, more or less a done case, to be honest, compared to Gambia's. Because the other two teams, which are Kenya and Togo, are really far off when it comes to points. So, Steve, all in all, it's great to have the possibility of all these maiden appearances at the next Afghan. We saw how Madagascar stunned the continent in the last edition. So, either way you look at it, it's a great opportunity for these countries. Well, so much to play for. And also on this, Ida, the World Cup qualifiers in South America this month were postponed because of problems getting hold of players in some European countries in the UK and elsewhere because clubs were not obliged to release players because of COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, so most teams are missing key players in these qualifiers. Uh, would postponing have been fairer, maybe? Well, it's a couple of things to consider here. First, the third wave of the coronavirus is upon us, Steve, and the Brazilian COVID-19 variant in particular is said to be one of the most lethal. Now, almost 2,000 people, Steve, died in one day alone in the country. Brazil has had more than 260,000 deaths in total, more than anywhere else in the world, save for the United States. Secondly, Steve, we have to look at the effect of this on travel because even Colombia, you know, said that it would not allow any flight from Brazil to land within its borders. And let's focus on England, for example. You know, all 10 South American countries feature on the UK government's red list travel ban. And remember, there are no exemptions, no special treatments for athletes and sports people. Any UK-based player, Steve, who travel out would be quarantined in a hotel for 10 days. And of course, this means that they would miss out on the Premier League. They would miss out on the Champions League or the Europa League, depending on which one they are playing in. And you never know if they would bring back this train, you know, that would then wreak havoc on a league that is so close to completion, Steve, so close. So, you know, some people saying that this would have been a good opportunity for the locally based players to shine. But Steve, this is truly and well beyond football. There has been a 30% increase in infection over the last couple of weeks in Brazil. This is all about life and death, Steve. Some states within Brazil already suspending their local competitions. Plus, there's just no way national federations could allow for some of the biggest continental fixtures to happen without their star players, Steve. Never. So this decision, you know, reached after a virtual roundtable between FIFA and the CONMEBOL means that some of the most interesting games are postponed. We're talking Brazil versus Argentina, Argentina versus Uruguay, and of course, Colombia versus Brazil, amongst many other fixtures. So, you know, what's the solution? You know, maybe an extra international break might be slotted in at some point to take care of this mess. But all in all, Steve, is it warranted? Very much so, in my opinion, at least. Yes, it's a very serious situation. Here in Zimbabwe, there have been calls for CAF to postpone the qualifiers as the UK clubs are not releasing their players and the French clubs too. Uh, so a lot of countries will be without their best players in the qualifiers and with so much at stake too. 
Well, thanks for that, uh, Ida. Uh, next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, uh, more big African football news uh, was South Africa's Patrice Motsepe officially becoming the new CAF president. Uh, we spoke about him last week as he went into the elections unopposed. He's the first English-speaking CAF president ever, and now there are five CAF vice presidents, up from three, and there's a first female vice president, Kanazat Ibrahim of Comoros. Uh, there was some controversy over the appointment of the new General Secretary of CAF. That's Veron Mosengo Omba. He's a Swiss national of Congolese descent. Now, Mosengo Omba is seen as FIFA President Gianni Infantino's project executor. He moves from FIFA to CAF. And uh, while some saying he could be there to ensure that African football does what the FIFA president wants... Uh, but having said that, uh, while Infantino has said before that he would want the Africa Cup of Nations to be held every four years, Motsepe said earlier this week that it must continue to take place every two years, adding, however, that it uh, was not closed to further discussion. Well, on social media this week, we're asking, what are you hoping that Patrice Motsepe will achieve as the new CAF president? He has made many promises for the good of African football. Uh, Motsepe is one of Africa's richest men. His club, Mamelodi Sundowns, won the Champions League in 2016. So what do you think Motsepe will achieve and are you expecting better times for African football now? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart on the rules for getting players on loan in the English Premier League. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and our website is planetsport.tv. And there in the blog section, you can read Russ Bravo's blog on how it's not only referees who make mistakes. That's on our website, planetsport.tv, and you click on the blog section on the right. Uh, right to social media now, and last week we asked what's wrong with Liverpool in the English Premier League as the Reds are on their worst home run ever with six consecutive home defeats and struggling to score and looking like a shadow of the team that were champions last season. So we asked what do you think has gone wrong with Liverpool and this question has really caught your attention. With your comments, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. Uh, thanks, Steve. And on WhatsApp, we start with uh, Khalifa Sanyang in the Gambia, who says, I'd say their recruitment strategy let them down. They haven't uh, bought enough quality players to challenge the first 11. And they've been using the same 11 for the past two or three years. And it's finally catching up with them. And Mohamed Jabo, also in the Gambia, agrees. Here's his voice note. For the last four years, Liverpool is using only one eleven. And then the main issue is their front line. Yeah, you can see the weakness on both Salah, Firmino and Mane. So Mohammed also saying there that the three strikers are not firing so well this season either. Benjamin Loro Adam Rose in South Sudan believes the problems stem from the leadership. Liverpool today is not the Liverpool of last season, says Benjamin. The problem comes from the manager. Some of the players maybe don't like his management style and they will not do what he asks of them. On the other hand, Ekene in the Gambia thinks it's down to the players. I think Liverpool are going through a difficult time because they have lost that confidence as a team. Looking at how many key players are on the sidelines, 
that's bound to affect the team mentally. No team wants to lose key players, but if it happens and the team aren't confident enough to walk on, then the unexpected will surely happen at some point. And here's a voice note from James Olatunge Rob in Sierra Leone. As the case may be right now, Liverpool has a defence problem, that is one. And two, Liverpool, the midfield of Liverpool is not working like how it used to work because key midfielders are not there. And uh, Haruna Cham in the Gambia agrees. Let's hear from him now. Without no doubt, the problems of Liverpool right now, it is not the forward trio. It's just from their midfield to the defence line. It is very, very poor. Henderson is out. Matip is out. Gomez is out. They are really struggling. So, Liverpool started the season brightly, but injury crisis take them down. So, Haruna agreeing there that injuries to key players have affected Liverpool's season. And in Cameroon, Nsomna Sylvester agrees that injuries are to blame. Firstly, I think in as much as the injuries are hard to overlook, there is a feeling of this team simply reaching the summit of the mountain. We realize key players in key positions being out of the pitch because of injuries. And uh, here's another voice note from uh, Alimani Fofana in the Gambia. You know, these players, these are human, but they are no machine. The past two seasons, the way they play as a team, so these guys, most of them, they exhaust and they have injury. All the past game, they lose. There's a lot of injury, the same. So these things affect them a lot. So Alemani reminding us there that uh, players are human, they are not machines, and that Liverpool's decline is because they are exhausted. Meanwhile, Jamson Martin Banda in Malawi wonders whether Liverpool would benefit from changing their coach. Maybe they should try another coach, says Jamson. Look at Chelsea. They were doing badly. Then they got a new coach and they are happy now. To Ghana now and Apau Derek Obeng says it's because Jürgen Klopp has changed his tactics and their defense is also not all that good. Here's another voice note from Saiku in the Gambia, who believes that there's a completely different reason for Liverpool's change in fortunes. Liverpool also is suffering from playing home without fans, you know. If you look Liverpool, you know, when they are playing in their home at Anfield, you know, uh, watching the fans, you know, it encourages the players into another environment, you know. So I believe that, you know, that one also is affecting them playing on the ground without fans. So uh, Saiku is saying the absence of fans at Anfield is uh, playing a role too. Uh, to Kenya now, and uh, Frida Vienda Okachi says, after last season's success psychologically, the uh, players were affected from the first time they lost a game. Most of the players now feel more pressure uh, to give better results. Well, we've heard several different reasons already from our correspondents this week as to what's gone wrong at Liverpool. Sambu One in the Gambia agrees on this, but he also makes another perhaps more controversial point. I believe there are a lot of contributing factors towards Liverpool's poor performance. You look at their defensive level, I think they are not performing as expected. 
I believe Mane and Salah, we are not in their best as of last season. I will blame Salah for Liverpool not scoring too many goals because Salah, to me, he is a selfish player. He doesn't want any other Liverpool player to score if he doesn't score, especially if Mane is playing. So, obviously, that uh, front line is really affecting Liverpool's performance. Well, uh, that's a rather controversial point from Assemble uh, 1 about Salah being a selfish player. I wonder what you make of that. And finally today, Mwinga Maimbolwa in Zambia looks at the bigger picture and sees better days ahead for the reigning Premier League champions. With regards to Liverpool, it is just a slump, but I trust and hope that they will bounce back with time, says Mwinga. So there you have it, uh, Steve, our correspondents this week, are putting forward many different reasons for Liverpool's slide down the table. But I'm sure most of us would agree with the last comment from Winger that whatever Liverpool's present troubles, they will soon bounce back. Yeah, they surely will. And a Liverpool not in action this weekend. Right to now more on English football as I'm joined by Stuart Weir in the UK. And the FA Cup quarterfinals are on this weekend and are just four Premier League games. Now Leicester play Manchester United in the FA Cup and uh, they're looking really good in the Premier League, currently in third place. Uh, do you see the Foxes hanging on for a place in Europe this time, Stuart? Well, Leicester are doing well. Of course, they just missed out last year, didn't they, in the last couple of games. But uh, as you say, it's the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Chelsea against Sheffield United, Everton against Manchester City, Leicester City versus Manchester United, and AFC Bournemouth against Southampton. And the quality is really high, with the top four in the Premier League still involved. Manchester City are chasing that incredible quadruple of Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup and League Cup and frankly in the form City are in who would say they cannot do it but equally for Chelsea Manchester United and Leicester City realistically not going to win the league the FA Cup might represent their best chance of a trophy and then Southampton after a disastrous second half of the season they're playing a championship team so a great chance for them to get to the semi-finals and then anything can happen But it really is remarkable how fortunes can change because three months ago, Southampton were four points above Manchester City in the league table and they're now 38 behind. And as you say, with the FA Cup ties, there are now only four Premier League fixtures this weekend. And if we accept that West Bromwich Albion and Sheffield United are unlikely to escape relegation, then the final relegation place looks like being between Fulham, Brighton, at Newcastle. While Fulham have a home game with Leeds this weekend, Brighton play Newcastle. Brighton currently three points ahead of Fulham, with Newcastle between the two. But depending on the results, Brighton could either find themselves six points ahead of Fulham or equal with them. Vital games at the bottom this weekend. Now, Sheffield United owners have parted company with manager Chris Wilder. Now, Wilder is a legend at the club, having been there for five years and gained promotion twice as he climbed from League One into the Premier League. So, a strange decision to get rid of him at this point. In his place, they've appointed Paul Heckingbottom. So, that is the bottom club in the Premier League with a manager called Heckingbottom. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds ominous for Sheffield United. And a Stuart Nigeria's Kelechi Iheanacho in great form at Leicester. Yes, he scored three when Leicester beat Sheffield United 5-0 last weekend. 
He said afterwards, I've been waiting for this time to come. I'm grateful to God and to my teammates and my manager for helping me to grow as a player. And on his Twitter account, he states, it's all about God's grace. And his goal celebration, you may have noticed, is to kneel and point to the heavens. On the subject of teammates, he added that playing with Jamie Vardy is a joy because Vardy makes so much space for me. When Jamie isn't scoring goals, he said, he's helping the team to win by creating goals. Now, Henecho wears shirt number 14, and he scored his hat-trick on the 14th of March. And strangely, the previous Premier League hat-trick was scored by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who also wears shirt 14, and he scored his on the 14th of February. Now, Henecho was, of course, in the Nigerian team that won the Under-17s World Cup in 2013, where he scored six goals. He was at Manchester City for two seasons, scoring 12 league goals, as well as a hat-trick in the FA Cup. But he just got lost in the massive City squad. And even though he scored 12 league goals, he only started in 12 league games, coming off the bench an incredible 34 times at Manchester City. And again, it's taken him a while to establish himself at Leicester. In four seasons, he'd had 36 starts, but 51 appearances off the bench. But let's hope that these goals will help him to turn the corner. By the way, Steve, this is the eighth time a Nigerian has scored three goals in a Premier League game. Yakubu did it four times. Efenokuku, Kanu and Peter Odomwangi scored one seat. And since you asked... Five Ivorians have scored hat-tricks. Didier Drogba three times, Aruna Dindan, Yaya Touri, Aruna Kony, and Solomon Kalu once each. Uh, well, that brings back the memories, especially Kanu's hat-trick for Arsenal against Chelsea back in 1999 uh, when he turned the game around for the Gunners to win 3-2. And uh, Stuart, you've seen something interesting about players on loan. Yeah, I just thought I should explain how loans work, Steve, because they're so common at the moment. The Premier League rules allow clubs to take up to four players on loan from another English club, but no more than two at any one time. But these restrictions do not currently apply to players from outside England. So clubs can currently have as many players as they want on loan from clubs overseas. And the way it works is that a club acquires a player from another club. There's no transfer fee but the club taking the player will pay his wages uh, or possibly a proportion of the wages and a loan fee. So why do clubs like to do this? Well, let's take Jesse Lingard as an example. Playing for Manchester United, but actually out of favour, not getting any game time. So West Ham take him on loan. This means Manchester United no longer have to pay him something like $100,000 a week. West Ham pick that up. Lingard gets an opportunity to play regularly. West Ham acquire a quality, experienced player without having to commit themselves to a four-year deal and pay a transfer fee. So the arrangement suits everyone. And at the end of the season, Lingard may have impressed Manchester United sufficiently that they want him back to put him in the first team. West Ham may decide to buy him, or they could simply renew the loan period. And as a pandemic hits football finances harder, Clubs are just reluctant to commit to big money transfers and three, four year contracts. So taking a player on loan for one year is an attractive option. Some people call it try before you buy. 
And when Fulham beat Liverpool at Anfield two weeks ago, their starting 11 contained four contracted players and seven players on loan. And if Fulham survive, the loan system will have been a key factor this season. Well, certainly has helped Fulham to strengthen their squad in a time of crisis. And uh, what else have you got for us, Stuart? Well, Eric Lamella scored a Rabona goal for Tottenham against Arsenal and then was shown two yellow cards, making him just the fifth player in the history of the Premier League to start as a substitute, score a goal and be sent off. And by the way, a Rabona goal is when a player crosses his legs so that in Lamella's case, the ball is beyond his right foot but he kicks it with his left by bringing the left foot behind the right. Now, in that Tottenham-Arsenal game, we had a real illustration of the cosmopolitan nature of the Premier League, with Tottenham starting with 11 players from 11 different countries, Arsenal 11 players from only nine countries. Chelsea's Senegalese goalkeeper, Edouard Mondé, has had 14 clean sheets in the Premier League this season. And Steve, he's only the second African keeper ever to keep a clean sheet in the Premier League. I wonder if you know who the previous one was. It was the Ghanaian, Richard Kingston, who had three clean sheets for Birmingham City and Wigan Athletic in the 2007 to 2009 seasons. Oh, wow, yes, uh, Richard Kingston. Thanks a lot, Stuart. Uh, That's it for the show, but on social media we're asking what are you hoping that Patrice Motsepe will achieve as the new CAF president? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From me, Steve Vickers and Ephraim Tagu in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and Stuart we're in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.